And welcome to That Horrorcast. I'm Mallory Smart. And I'm Dmitry Samarov. Good morning. Or afternoon. (laughs) No, it's morning. (laughs) Yeah, it's morning for me too. I slept in. I, yeah, I had to, yeah, I uh, actually I covered a shift at the bar last night, so I haven't actually been up very long. Hmm, not fun. Coffeeed up? Oh yeah, you know I'm ready to go. You know I don't think we ever established what kind of coffee do you drink? <laughs> what kind? Yeah, like 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 what brand or like how do I make the coffee or? I'm thinking we need to know both. Coffee talk here at the Horrorcast. Yeah. That, all right, intelligentsia, get your get your checkbooks out. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I I I switch up what uh, the beans and stuff, but yeah, I, I get beans, uh, grind them up, you know, try to get local stuff, uh, and I do pour overs pretty much exclusively. Okay, yeah, I don't just judge because... you. <laughs> that, that, that's good. Uh, if you said Folgers or something, I'd be like, I'm I'm just going to find an excuse to get out of this podcast now. Yes. Sanke is my secret. <laughs> I'm a 95-year-old woman <laughs> or whatever in, in, oh my God. in a small town. <laughs> it's like I either get like really old people who drink that or Nescafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's all old school shit. Yeah, or, or Folgers or Hills Brothers or, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite, like, family things. No one is really able to talk shit to my father, except Mm -hmm. for his aunt. And she hates bad coffee, too. And I swear to God, it was awesome when she visited, like, last Christmas. Mm -hmm. And he got her coffee. He was like, here you go. And she took one sip, and she's like, motherfuck, this is the worst coffee I've ever tried in my life. (laughs) And, like, we all stared. We're like, you can't swear at him. What? You did that? <laughs> and even he was like, I- I'm sorry. And we're like, we need to bitch around more. Oh, wait, one of the, the McDonald's king of Illinois is getting mocked. For, oh, yeah. Uh, he, he like, is literally the person who, uh, I hate American Dream fat, like stories when it actually comes true, but he started <laughs> at the bottom. <laughs> And he worked his way up, little engine who could. He got the job by lying about his age at like 13 years old. Oh, at a McDonald's? Yeah, and then oh, he just he worked legit, at a McDonald's. Like, yeah. got like up to the point where he was manager and then got attention and then, yeah. Oh, so, so he took over one that he worked at. Okay. Yeah, and then oh, he I see. handled three, yeah. Oh, I see. No, because I mean, you know, they so often it's just somebody coming in and buying, you know, several, you know. Or whatever, and just managing them. Yeah, well, it's not a amazing story, but that's that's the story, and it's also the story of how he met my mom. So, yay! Ah. She he, was has he a seen really that shitty mo- employee? Yeah, has he seen that movie, the the founder? He uh, knew Ray Kroc. Yeah, and yeah, it's so fun to find out that so many of my dad's sayings were just yeah. shit he stole from him. Well, yeah, I mean, he's one of the revolutionizer for of that kind of business for good or, or bad. I don't say fucking crook he is. Well, you know, that's he's an opportunist for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those are definitely interesting. You know what I the only thing I like about that movie is I'm I'm kinda happy that Michael Keaton is getting back in the game. Yeah. Like the, I don't think it was his first like I'm back 
movie, but like he's no, slowly he's, stepping in. He's uh, he's had many many comebacks. I mean, he's got a very peak and valley kind of career, you know. Mm-hmm. If you look at it, I mean, he's been around forever, and he, he he gets hits, and then he just sort of like has a lot of low low profile stuff. And then he comes back every few years. It seems like you know. Yeah. I mean, you forget he was fucking Batman. You know. <laughs> in my mind, he always will be Batman. Yeah. Oh, he's your favorite Batman. Yeah, also I just think that Tim Burton did the best at yeah. like hmm. interpreting it in in a comic booky way. Yeah. Like not in a realistic like oh this is an epic movie. Like Oh, it it doesn't hold a candle to the TV show. Come on. <laughs> I haven't actually really watched the TV show. Like I think oh, I've like seen it in the background a few times, but I was just like It's it's great. Yeah, you know, I mean did, like it, those cheesy like holy very, rusted metal Batman. Yeah, exactly. And and really, you know, sorry, sorry, dead Heath Ledger, but Cesar Romero was the best Joker. <laughs> like just to throw some like weird twilightness yeah. with Robert Pattinson playing Batman, there is seriously a petition going around for people saying we want Kristen Stewart to be Joker. Oh, nice. And I was like, I don't know, would it work? Like, I think she's the only like girl that could pull it off, in my mm. opinion. Hmm. I think oh, they have good I, I bet, chemistry. I bet lots of uh, girls could. You know who could would be a good Joker? Kate Blanchett could do Joker, I bet. Oh, yeah. I mean, she transforms herself a lot in roles, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, someone who could, like, they're not, like, one straight-up, like, yeah. typecast person. Or, like, like Tilda Swinton around. could be the Joker, you know? <laughs> or, like, yeah. Tilda Swinton can be anything. She's a superhero herself, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, speaking of psychopaths, you want to... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's talk about the movie we're scheduled to talk about. <laughs> what is it? What a fucking bore! What a distraction! Let's let's talk about what what's on the bill. <laughs> All right, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, uh, released in uh, eight, about eighty six. I think he played a couple of festivals before that. Uh, but very low budget movie. Uh, the first feature by a uh, Chicagoan named John McNaughton. Um, Sort of very loosely based on uh, Henry Lee Lucas, who, you know, claimed after he was captured to be, you know, the most prolific serial killer in history. Uh, but, uh, yeah, not, not based on a book, so we're, we're safe there for once. Finally. Uh, yeah, screenplay was co-written by, uh, by McNaughton and uh, a writer and actor named Richard Fire, who started out in Chicago theater, uh, places like the Organic Theater. Um, so yeah, the the backstory of this movie is it was uh, it was sort of like the dawn of uh, the VHS era, you know. And uh, there's a, a lot of these little companies that wanted to cash in and put out, you know, get into the movie business. Mm-hmm. And uh, John made a found these these two brothers, the uh, the Ali brothers, who wanted they basically wanted a quickie slasher movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Instead, what he delivered was this, uh, which, which is sort of, it's a movie that, uh, yeah, it's sort of punches way above its weight class. You know, it's it's a very low budget movie that almost plays like a like a kind of like a weird art, CD art movie. You know, it's uh, it's also, I mean, for my money, one you know one of the best evocations of Chicago in the eighties ever. Oh like yeah, just. Uh, yeah, it captures the look and feel of the city. I mean, the, it's one of the movies that introduced me to Chicago before I ever got here because I saw it when I was still in high school working in a movie theater 
in uh, in suburban Boston, and uh, yeah, <laughs> that and you know Nelson Algren, a couple other things was were my introductions to to the city I call home uh, before I ever got here. You say you saw it at a movie theater, yeah? Yes. I found it interesting because I was doing some back uh, reading, and I saw it was rated X yes. at the time. So how did that play out in theaters? Well, I worked in an art theater, so they didn't care. You okay. Know? But yeah, X X was a new was a pretty new rating then too. I mean, like it hadn't been around that long. It wouldn't uh, be X by today's standards. No, no. Uh, but you know the. The rating, you know, there, there's a documentary. Somebody made a documentary a while ago about the ratings board and how what a political, you know, oh, I've seen that yeah. farce it is. Uh, you know, it's it's people in a basically in a smoky room deciding this shit, and it's a lot of politics. You know, mm-hmm. uh, what is and isn't uh, it's too much blood? Which body part is appropriate to be seen? And- actually, in retrospect, I just rewatched it. I, I've watched this movie many, many times. I mean, I'd, I'd say it's one of my favorite movies in a way, uh, but it has very, very little gore in it or, no. or actual physical violence. It's it's more the uh, the idea or the implication of the menace. You know. Mm-hmm. It most most of the horror you know happens off screen really, and through mood and uh, suggestion in this you movie. You really just kind of see him, and then like then you see oh he killed people. Then there's a, yeah then 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 there's a corpse by the side of the road. You're like <laughs> ah we know what happened. Yeah. Oh and Henry. Yeah. Oh Henry. Yeah, and Henry is just uh, you know he he's depicted very much like like a wild animal who has these. Compulsion. He's he, and he explains he's got like a philosophy, basically. You know, he yeah, comes like because, he talks he, to Otis and everything. He's, he's just like us yeah. or them. It's, it's going to be you or it's going to be them. Uh, mm. He's just a literally just a killing machine. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just he's learned and evolved from practice how to do this, and that's that's why he's around. He's on Earth is to kill people. Now <laughs> I have a stupid question. <laughs> no, it really is a stupid question. All right, there are people... unlike other places that say there are no stupid questions here at the that, that horrorcast. They're all fucking stupid, <laughs> and it, it, it's probably like totally irrele- irrelevant to the thing. But I I want to know because they describe him as a psychopathic tr- drifter. What is the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? Oh shit. Uh... <laughs> Because I hear about like serial killers being caught and yeah. like sociopath, and yeah. you hear like well, socio well, so socio would be like in relation to other people. I think it's more of a society, like the way he relates to society or others. Whereas I think psychopath is is more of like the diseases in inter- like in related into his why his own inner wiring. I don't know if that's exactly right. I'm sure WebMD or whatever the physician's desk reference would define it better, but... Hopefully someone, like, if I think it's in the relations to... Socio implies your relations to others, you know? And clearly, clearly Henry's got serious, serious issues, interpersonal issues, (laughs) I would say. (laughs) But he does have almost, like... I don't know, I'm trying to figure out, like, the proper way from what... He's got a code of... You mean a code of... Yeah, he's got a code of honor, which Otis doesn't. Which makes Otis kind of scarier than Henry in a way. I was going to describe, <laughs> um, 
you know how we were talking about like motives and everything, and clearly yeah. he doesn't have any. But I was gonna say, God, this is a fucked up way to describe it. He kind of reminds me of Hannibal Lecter in the form of he seems like a gentleman serial killer. Yeah. Well, he's got all these rules, like you know when they have that vi- the the maybe the most horrifying scene for me or the one that stuck with me forever since I first saw it was when they get the video camera and they have that home invasion. Mm-hmm. And Otis wants to fuck a corpse and Henry won't let him because that's crossing some sort of line, you know? Which is some totally like American Psycho shit right there. But, yeah. Well, yeah. sure, but American Psycho's late. <laughs> you know? I would say American Psycho rips a lot of this <coughs> stuff and he had, I don't know, that was just a preaching about like the excess of the So 80s. yeah, no, so, uh, you know, the philosophy of Henry says no corpse fucking, no incest, yeah, molestations, uh, discussions of like sexual assault makes me uncomfortable. And well, sex in general makes me, and obviously, and this is a commonplace with so many of the the serial killers is that you know the violence replaces the sex that they can't deal with. You know, mm-hmm. in that and you know any Qu- Quentin Tarantino movie as well, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. Quentin can't deal with an intimacy either. Yeah, clearly, Henry's got some intimacy issues. You know, when Becky falls in love with him, talk about choosing the wrong man. You know what? There's Be- always going to be a chick who's obsessed with the serial killer if we haven't learned that yet. Yeah, but, you know, it's, yeah. And, and, and she doesn't, you know, she's not put off. At, you know, he sort of, like, avenges, you know, protects her honor by killing her abusive brother. Gentleman and, serial killer. There yeah. to help. Yeah, well, you know, one of the best scenes is, you know, they're driving away, and he, she says, I love you, Henry, and he, had, and he says, oh, I guess I love you, too. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's trying. I mean, he knows. You could see on his face that he's struggling with something, you know? He can't really express it because he's also illiterate. You know, like, yeah. that's the other thing about it, old Henry. He knows a lot of stuff, but reading's not one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I liked it. I feel, as you said, it was, it came off very much as indie, and obviously it was. Yes. And it totally was, like, the perfect movie to see, like, what Chicago used to be. Because I I feel like most people who watch movies, or even just go to Chicago, Mm -hmm. they really just don't know the culture of, like, say, like, the accents or shit like that, and the way it used to look, and it was a little bit more grimy and seedy and shit with railroad tracks and everything. No, but it was shot all around Chicago and uh, in the suburbs and a lot of it around Wicker Park because that's where John lived. So there's a lot of shots of North Avenue and Milwaukee and uh, like where he dumps uh, Otis is the bridge on uh, Webster, like near Webster Place. And the the restaurant at the very beginning where he's the, the diner in the first scene where he's kind of flirting with the waitress. Uh, that's turned into a star. That's also at the corner of Webster and Clybourne, turned into a Starbucks and then some other cafes or something. Hello, yeah. gentrification. Yeah. And uh, there's a memorable scene in Low, on Lower Wacker Drive uh, where they, you know, kill an unsuspecting motorist. Yeah, a lot of great local uh, kind of shot, shots of the city. Um, I really did shot- like that intro, though. As yeah. you just mentioned again, that was really great. Also, yeah, most of that, uh, like, look, they did it just guerrilla style without permits or anything. I know for a fact. <laughs> Ooh, I didn't know that. Because they had no money. 
uh, you know, they, they had very little money to make this thing. Um, Gotta appreciate that then, yeah. Yep. Just be like, hey, we're just gonna film this, excuse us for a while. But yeah, for I think one of the things that why it's imp- this movie has impacted me so much is so I saw it, you know, in the came out in the 80s. I saw it in the late 80s sometime when it played at the movie theater I worked at. And unlike so many of the kind of already starting to be not quite as self-conscious as something like Scream, but like the fun movie, the fun horror movies that were starting up. This this movie made you feel like you were in the room with with a with this guy and made you kind of feel dirty for watching, you know? Yes. Like it implicated the viewer in this way that like like you know felt like need to take a shower afterwards or something, you know? It's one of those movies where like I was watching it alone last uh-huh. night and then Bulent walked in. And I was just like I'm just pausing this and watching something else now. Yeah. Like it's oh, just one of those, you like, don't want to share? <laughs> I, I've shared it with friends, and I told him maybe he might like it, but yeah. he's not a serial. He watches horror movies because I ask it of him. Yeah, you right. Know, it's types. not. It's not his thing. No. Yeah, and yeah. So, and, and the other thing, you know, I'm like say a Stephen King movie or something. There's absolutely there's no redemption and there's no psychological explanation to what makes him and Otis do what they do. It's They're just like creatures in the wild, you know, doing whatever their impulses tell them to do. I mean, they are literally exactly as the title say, serial killers, which is probably the best, well, I'm just going to say it, portrait of what a serial killer is. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like slasher films, that's just for fun. A yeah. slasher usually isn't a serial killer, and they always have this like, oh, it's a random shape or came from the dead and they have this weird purpose, like yeah. you killed their mother or something. Yeah, and then, yeah, so yeah, there, it's sort of like the movie sort of makes fun of that kind of thing in that one scene where Becky asks him about whether he killed his mother and he starts talking about it and he can't, he keeps changing the story, you know? That's a little I, like Jokerish, by the way. Sort <laughs> of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, there's there's kind of like not, not really a wink and a nod, you know? <laughs> and yeah, I think, you know, kind of an amazing performance from a, a mostly a first-time actor, Michael Rooker, who went on to have a, a pretty, you know, a good career. You know, he was, he was on that, that zombie, sh- that, the zombie show and a bunch, of other, a bunch of other things. You know, we had a bit of a zombie era in the last decade, I'm not sure which one you're talking about. So, the 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 Walking Dead. Oh, the redneck one. Got you. Yeah, I yeah, I, I, I watched like I three don't do e- zombie stuff. I, I watched about three episodes of that that show, and it was like as soon as they gathered all the people of all the different races, and it became like United Colors of Benetton. <laughs> like I'm out. I'm sorry. This is fucking stupid. And like, then they, they then they filmed five thousand more episodes. You know? <laughs> I think they also then did like Return of the Walking Dead and stuff. So, I people keep telling me to watch it, and the more that people tell me to watch something, the more I don't want to watch it. Well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's why you I'm know, sure yeah. it's probably like how you feel about Scream <laughs> right now. Uh, no, I mean, yes, I whatever. It I overhyped no, that shit. It's. It's it's how I feel about things like Dune. You know, like people running around now say, "Oh, have you seen Dune? Have you seen Dune?" Like I have no fucking interest in seeing that. <laughs> Zero. Like, I wanted to see it just because I like David Lynch, 
and I watched that one, and it was so fucking terrible, and I just want to be like, could someone do better? I, I don't, you know, I don't follow David Lynch. I think we've covered this, too, before. It's, it, I don't think of that as a David Lynch movie. The, the he himself dude. doesn't like to think of it as David Lynch Well, he movie. came in late. You know, he was like the eighth director or something. You know, like, he didn't create all of that, you know? Yeah. He had a bunch of shit. It's like, yeah, if you if you had a bunch of half-started things, you know, and then you took over, like if you were cooking dinner and somebody else, like, stormed out, you know, with things half-prepared, then you had to salvage it, you know? I feel and like still he having did. the people over. His movie, if we're just going to say it, because you just said you haven't seen it, right? The new one? Yeah. No, and I'm I'm not planning to. <laughs> so for those who haven't seen it, David Lynch, in my opinion, did a much better job at capturing the surrealist aspect of the book. I had to read that book in high school. It was I'm on our thing. Sorry. <laughs> it's a beast of a book. Um, yeah, I got about 30 pages in. <laughs> I gave up. He did a much better job at um, taking the weirdness and helping you feel it, but... Yeah. This one, they made it more realistic in the way that, like, say, Christopher Nolan did with Dark Knight, uh-huh. but it ended very abruptly. Like, David Lynch fit it all into one yeah. movie. This is going to be a saga. They yeah, they're going to have like 17 the of them, of yeah. course, because that's the way they do everything now. Uh, you know when the preview ones are like, the next Star Wars or Lord of the Rings, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, no. Yep. I mean, that's why, yeah, I'll continue to argue that these are not movies. Mm-mm. They're they're sort of like they're kind of you know augmented video games basically uh, with and, and they're, they're just pro, you know they're products uh, that that you keep adding on modular products you keep adding on to like like with IKEA when you get another piece of the sectional or something you know mm-hmm. and that's what they're designed for they don't stand alone and uh, I really it ended very abruptly and. Yeah, it, it was a very odd ending, especially because it's almost like they're holding it hostage. Yeah. sequel where they basically are like, "We'll see how the box office sales yeah. do," and it's like. Whereas, although uh, Henry has had a couple of very low budget shit straight to video sequels, it ended just it ended perfectly. It ended the way it began, basically. You know. Really. But, you know, killer killer on the road. You know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> going on like. Yeah, let's see how many sequels there are. There's like two or three shitty. I haven't seen them. There's no reason to. And and John didn't have anything to do with them. Uh, Ooh, it has the one chick from Grey's Anatomy in one of them. Well, you know, uh, you know, Johnny Depp started in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, so you know, like you have he, to start he somewhere. Did pretty good in that one. You, but you know, I like my cheesy slasher films. Right. But, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I feel like it did the best at, I don't know, portraying evil. Yeah. If that makes sense. Although I don't, I'm not a fan of the word evil. No, but it's actually good you bring that up because, well, and yeah, name dropping or name dropping, I've since become friends with the director and evil is a thing that John is very, very interested in. I mean, he's, this is a guy that'll, sit and read, like, you know, thousand-page books about Nazis, you know, like Nazi Germany. He's interested in where it comes from, what it is, you know, like if it's inherent or if it's learned or something, you know, stuff like that. See, that's, that's, a, that's exactly the stuff that, like, occupies him. 
There's a lot of horror movies that get caught up with that idea. And as you sent me that very interesting article about Halloween, there's this obsession that the one Dr. Loomis character has where it's like Michael Myers is no longer a man. He is just evil. And I'm just yeah, like, yeah. That feels like just like he just... It doesn't feel real. I think the word is so overused. Oh, yeah. That I no longer know what people mean now when they say it. Yeah, and I know, yeah, uh, McNaughton for sure, like, is contemptuous of any kind of easy explanation, like the supernatural. Like, so many explanations in horror movies, they have a pat answer, or like that the, the killer gets, you know, justice prevails or something. You know, in John's world, the justice never prevails. Like, people are rotten, you know, and that's their nature, and that's what they are. And he's interested in kind of showing them as, as they are, not as you'd like them to be, you know? Has he ever, like, straight up tried to define what he means by evil? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think, he, I don't think he's, he's uh, arrogant enough to, to, to believe he actually knows, but it's definitely a theme, you know? I mean, I think everyone has, like, their own vibe and opinion on stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious about that. But yeah, so I mean, it's interesting in how you know these careers work and stuff. And you know, by the, so by the time he made this movie, he'd already like had a bunch of life. Like he wasn't a kid when he made this movie in the eighties. He'd he'd been a jeweler. He'd like literally run away with the circus. You know, like he'd done a lot of stuff. He'd done some living. Uh, he grew up uh, on the far south side of Chicago in Roseland. He played in bands. Uh, went to art school. He went to Columbia actually. Uh, but he'd had a bunch of life and he sort of got involved in the theater and uh, eventually in, uh, he made this movie. Uh, he was living in Wicker Park in the 80s. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it led to, you know, it led... Uh, his next movie actually was, is, even, is a lot more obscure. It's a movie called The Borrower, uh, which... It's another horror movie, and the setup of that one is, it's a lot like that movie The Hidden we talked about. It's this, you know, this monster that, that shifts bodies, except in his, they, the thing just like tears heads off people and gets a new head. It's pretty, it's pretty great, uh, but it, practically unavailable uh, because of, you know, these weird, shady uh, companies that fund movies, you know, going out of business and stuff. Has he ever made it into the mainstream? He has, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, probably his best-known movie or most successful movie is Wild Things with, you know, Scream Queen, Nev Campbell. That was him? Yep. God, I feel like you probably said that during the Scream thing, and I missed it. That's okay. Well, well you know, we're talking about the future since this is going to post before the Scream episode. Ooh. Is some tra- time travel sci-fi shit going on here. Hey, <laughs> it's like we're in the fourth movie of yeah, the horror did, franchise right now. Yeah. No, he's got great stories about working with... Uh, he, he said he, he was uh, apologetic for foisting Denise Richards on the world. Because, <laughs> you know, Wild Things is the movie that made, introduced Denise Richards to America, you know, amongst other things. <laughs> well, at least he acknowledges that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he has a good story, you know. It is a sto- good movie, though. It's a great movie. It's a lot smarter than, like, it, it seems like a trashy, just a trashy sex thriller, you know. But it's got more going on than that, you know, under the, under the surface, kind of. Uh, 
And yeah, probably one of the better Matt Dillon performances, I'd say, in that one. Uh, and and Bill Murray, of course, is always welcome. He's got Bill Murray stories. He's got stories. He did a movie with um, Bill Murray and uh, Robert De Niro called the Mad Dog and Glory uh, around probably the early 90s, I think. So he's got stories of like, you know, having dinner with them, uh, like having dinner with, you know, these the great actors. But they're just stories. And that's one of the cool things and why I keep mentioning him, I guess, is that, you know, by the time I met John, you know, I was, I was, you know, almost 40 probably. And it, it finally dawned on me that these people that make the things that you admire, like movies or, you know, records or books or something, you know, just people. And, 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 and it, yeah, it's a common, you know, maybe it's a cliche or something, but it, it, it really is true. And, you know, so now, yeah, I mean, I have dinner with them like maybe like once a month or so. Uh, yeah, we're, we, we actually became real friends, which is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I want to hear some of these fun, like, gossip stories. It's yeah. And, cool. and that, yeah, yeah, he's got some interesting stories about these people. Uh, but, you know, they're his stories to tell, not mine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Look us up. I want to make friends. <laughs> and then I can name drop, too. Yeah. No, I would never do that. I'm not a name dropper. Like I do know people, but I'm just like, eh, no one gives a fuck. Well, that, that that's the thing is, yeah, I'll name drop John McNaughton and, and like. No and, one's gonna really know. Sadly. No, yeah, it's it's not like I'm talking about you know like Jay Z or or Kanye West or something. You know what I mean? Hey, he he just changed his name. I know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Although I'm not sure if it's Ye or Yay. I, I I think he should change his name to a, a number in a lunatic asylum. You know, but. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 not and retreat from public life. You but know, it's that's funny just like when artists speak, do it, speaking like, of sociopaths or psychopaths. I'm not sure <laughs> which one he is. It from Chicago too. Of course. Yep, fits. I can't wait. This builds into my next podcast I'm recording where oh, I yeah? talk shit about Kanye. Oh, oh, you're Kanye. on the on the writer on uh, textual healing. You're talking about somebody. Yeah. Talking to somebody who, who likes the Kanye. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people, Kanye. Well, people love playlist. Kanye, but. Uh, I don't get it, but yeah. Very, very tangential connection with John is that uh, uh, Kanye, on one of his record covers, uh, uses a, a painting by this artist named George Kondo, who John shot a documentary about, which is really good, hmm. uh, called Kondo Painting. Another movie that's kind of hard to find online. You can find it, you know, like some cheapo ripped version, you know, but without any real distribution yet. He's had quite a quite a checkered career, like uh, about getting stuff out there. Uh, and it, for our few listeners, if you want to find Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, it's on Amazon. Yep, and the Criterion Channel currently. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm which is sure. where I watched it. No. It's like IMDb TV Plus, so I don't know if it's like just attached to Amazon Prime or if it's a separate service that you can get without it because it's free. Oh. But like it comes with commercials, which as oh. a millennial I've kind of a- aged out of, but well, <laughs> as I, I accept them. As an extra, it's, it's something I, I, I can no longer abide by, you know, like I, 
Uh, I'm so not used to them anymore because I haven't had terrestrial TV in a million years. You yeah. Know? Uh, it's just like, what the fuck is this? And why am I being forced? Like every now and then I'll watch something on Tubi, you know, and Tubi has commercials. Yeah. Uh, and I have but, like the cheap Hulu thing that has commercials oh, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Tracking people, people of John's generation. So J- John's in his 70s now. Uh, but a lot of those directors, uh, you know, are, have a very hard time funding movies because the landscape has changed because of shit like, you know, the Marvel Universe, where they just plug in these film school grads and pay them very little. So John can't get hired t- to do like a franchise because he, he's been, you know, in the director's guild so long that he get they can't afford him, you know? Really? And it, it's this weird paradox where, you know, like he's like, overqualified kind of thing, you know, doesn't just go gorilla style again. No shit. Yeah. I wish. So yeah, like my, you know, my other big connection with him is that he optioned my taxi book, you know, Mm -hmm. and he was going to make a TV show out of it. And he even wrote screenplays, shot a teaser, you know, made a, like a little short documentary of me driving in the cab (laughs) and stuff. Uh, I would watch the fuck out of that. It would be good. Yeah, but yeah, and it, I guess it made the rounds of some of the studios, but you never know uh, how these things are funded or how it happens. But I, I, I would bet that if you know uh, he came up in a different way, he, or maybe he was, if he was like a kid, he just to just shoot the thing himself, you know, and try to sell it the way people do now. Tell me, uh, Mister Taxi Man. <laughs> <laughs> These days, let's say, let's say hypothetically it gets yeah. picked up. Do you think they're changing it to an Uber driver? Well, they would have to unless they, unless they were going period piece, which, you know, there are shows that are period pieces that do all right. Do you think they'd update or do you think they'd honor it? No idea. Uh, but, I mean, to me, really, you know, I mean, visually it would be better. it didn't in, feel like it was very timely, like you had anything that was too stuck in that time period, other than the taxis. Yeah, the in, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that about the inner workings of the the cab industry in in my writing about it that uh, you know would peg it to a certain time, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean visually, a taxi is much more interesting to look at than some random car. But uh, they do have well, I don't know about Uber. I know Lyft has special like the the Lyft black cars or something. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, but basically, I you know, except for all the tra- like the, some of the trappings and stuff, you know, Lyft and Uber are taxis. Basically. Those are taxis, yeah, and uh, taxis I, that are easier to order. For some people, I can never hail down a cab. I remember <laughs> before Uber got, it, I I tried. Also, like as I said, when I was out of the country, yeah, I did my best. I'd be like taxi, oh, and then like someone would run up in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh my God, why won't the driver just be like, no, it was that person's well, turn. Well, that, I think that, that says less about taxis than you in, 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 re, in relation to other people and says out in, out in the wild. <laughs> out in the wild, I'm useless. That's why I, I constantly say, like, I am the lowest being in my apartment currently, even in my cat's eyes. <laughs> well, with cats, that's always the truth. Like, people are always below cats. In, I in whatever ass. space that they co-occupy. And like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not good with cabs. And 
Yeah, I can't order them. Like, I can't be like... I tried to even do the whistle thing. Uh-huh. I realized that I suck at whistling. And Well, it's, well yeah. lucky for you, it's no longer an issue because they're practically extinct. So Not in other countries, though. Yeah, well, you, I, I would bet that, you know, if you lived in one of these other countries, you'd learn. <laughs> I'm guessing, because I think I told you I'm going to spend like a month or two... Yeah, uh, in, in Istanbul? Yeah, Istanbul or, will really be like a home base. Yeah. And then the reason we want to do it is because then it's really cheap to go to other countries back and forth instead of like going uh-huh. to like $1,000 this way, that way. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. When, are, when is this happening? Ugh, a wrench definitely got thrown into that plan. So oh, yeah. oh. we were going to leave at the end of May. Oh, um, wow, soon. Yeah. Uh, we have to probably push it back and extend our lease because I forgot it was my parents' 50th wedding anniversary uh-huh. in July, like the beginning of July. And I was like, well, uh-huh. damn, going to have to wait until after that. Yeah. And like even my you know, parents, fiance, always, always parents and their anniversaries, always ruining things. You know, it's all those things where like normally I'd be like, <laughs> go fuck yourselves. Yeah. I could say that to my mom, not my dad. Yeah. But... They've been saying this one for like years, so yeah. I was like, I can't pretend that I didn't know it was coming up. My 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 parents' fiftieth was ruined by COVID. Oh, they were gonna sucks. go. They were gonna go to Italy, and uh, all all the three brothers were gonna come go there and join them. Uh, yeah, we're gonna do a whole thing, but instead, it got pushed. Uh, their trip. I mean, they go to Italy a lot, but uh, they went this year. They're about to come back. They've been there for two months. We are going to watch my parents get uh, married at the church. They initially got married at, um, like, they're doing, like, the renewal of the vows. And yeah, people do that. What is it, like, because you forgot you were married? Like, why did you... I don't know. It's like <laughs> what is the point thing. of that? <laughs> but they got married at Holy Name Cathedral, so we'll mm. be doing that, and then a party afterwards. I don't know. It's just, like, are they going to recreate? Dad, are they going to recreate the births of all their children, too? Oh, dear God. You know what it is? It's <laughs> sorry. not sorry. fair. I, I'm not trying to throw shade on the, the parents of Mallory, but okay, just, all, I'm saying, all these weird customs. just They uh, are weird yeah. customs. I don't get it. I don't understand why you have to do that. But if we are going to talk about like births or conception of children, yeah. there are only two months when their five kids are born, June and September. Interesting. What the fuck? That's a weird thing, I feel. They just, they schedule their nights of passion. <laughs> My dad, seriously, was like, it was a really good season of the Bears. Oh. That's like what, I, when I asked my birth story, but I was then nice. like a couple of years older, like, we're going to add in some details now. Well, here's, yeah, tie back to the movie. One of the great classic lines in the movie is when he goes, goes to buy cigarettes and the guy, the convenience guy is trying to make small talk. How about them bears? And and Henry just says, fuck the bears. (laughs) Okay, let's face it. it. That is the perfect time period to mention the bears. Everyone keeps joking around with Harry Potter because it supposedly takes place like in the 90s. And everyone's like, I don't believe it. You think one person would be like, God damn, those bulls seem to be on some kind of run, right? Huh. Because like it was the highlight of the Chicago Bulls and everything. Wait, what about the 90s? Harry Potter supposedly takes place in the 90s. It does? I know. But Harry, but Harry Potter is a fantasy. Well, in J.K. Rowling's fantasy mind, she decided it was in the 90s. She but, likes to change stuff a lot in her head. But what would that have to do with American basketball? 
I, I think it was just one of those funny things where everyone was just like, you know, tied to the muggle world. Do you think they know our culture? But then it's like, oh. not really. Like, I, I would never in a million years have made any connection like that. But hey, know. check out our generation. We have weird obsessions about how, things. How weird. Uh, I, not in a million years would I make any tie between the Chicago Bulls and Harry Potter. But <laughs> see, you learn something new on in a podcast in our in the horror cast every day. So listen up, sponsors. <laughs> you know, not in a million years. Educational. There are so many things <laughs> where I'm just like, wow. What? So many things just don't occur to me also. Or I'm like, yeah, that's going to be wild. That's going to break my brain. Harry Potter and the Bulls. I don't get okay. it. Here's something <laughs> as a writer who does shit to break your brain. I got woken up at 2 a.m. I keep my notifications on with my phone just in case like there's a problem mm-hmm. and I got an email from somebody who bought a Malden House book uh-huh. and I'm not going to say their name Yeah, but they I'm sorry I'll never email you at 2 in the morning no, just <laughs> go ahead this is the email they yeah. got their book on October 25th uh-huh. at 1pm mm-hmm. and at 2am uh-huh. technically yeah. so the 26th, they said, hi, I've barely touched the book except for reading some pages from it for the first time. And I've decided I want to return it if possible. Can I? Wow. I know. I was going to be like, what the fuck? Like, no, you or cannot. return a book? Yeah, you can't. Well, although I will say, yeah, this is a whole I other. I make ta- exceptions for damaged books, yeah. you know. No, tangent about the, the stupid state of the a book world, but, you know, this is the deal that every bookstore has with every, like, major publisher. You can return books, mm-hmm. which is so fucked up to me. When I learned about that, when I first got into, uh, you know, my first book put out by a big university press, and they, they showed me this spreadsheet breakdown of, like, this thing with returns. So the way that, you know, bookstores function is they can order, like, a thousand of your books and then if they, you know, if 800 don't sell, they just send them back. Yeah. It's so fucked up. Like, it, like what kind of fucking capitalism is that? You know, like you have to take a fucking risk, motherfuckers. I just, it, it <laughs> lost me completely because all I kept thinking yeah. in my mind was like, did the person make an impulse buy and were like, ah, oh, shit, I don't want oh, to w- anymore? Or did they read it and now they're like, ha, 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 scam you, fuck you, Malvin if, House? Or- if I was a betting guy, I would bet you doll- any amount of money that most people that buy books don't even read them. I would say, like, because they're they like, like the cover I or they tech, like yeah. touched it. And it's like, bro, you only had it for less than a day. Like, give Plus, it some like, time. You can't, yeah, it's not like you was spoiled or like you, the, you know, was uh, false advertising. No, you, you buy what, you know, what, what's advertised, it comes. And, you know, if, if, if they got, yeah, if they got something with like, you know, printed pages upside down or something, that's one thing. But that is legit. Like, if they, yeah, we yeah, did that's actually damaged. have. Oh a yeah. Up problem like that well, these fucking yeah, these these the pod printing, they they, you know, quality control is not the utmost, you know, but we used to use a local printer in West mm-hmm. Chicago and they're really good, but they just recently shut down and that's why yeah. we use Ingram. Yeah. Um but we have no idea how it happened, but they put another book in our cover. Yeah. <laughs> And it was like, I think there's a lot of that uh, a little bit there. We'll, we'll accept all returns. A lot of uh, horror stories about like, you know, people buying books on Amazon with like a cover cover has nothing to do with what's inside. 
Yeah. Because it's somebody just pressing the wrong button somewhere, you know, and pop pooping out like whatever. Yeah, because people don't care about books. But and the odds are, unlike your two two AM correspondent, they don't bother because they don't read them, you know? I just I don't know, it's like mind boggling. <laughs> There's nothing in that email that made sense to me where I was just no. like it was sixteen dollars, dude or person. They just gave me a last name. Yeah. And I actually looked, and they even gave us the wrong address at first and emailed us to be like, oh. hey, I typed in the wrong address. And that was like a week ago, and I was just like, what the fuck? I don't even know how to respond. I still haven't responded because I have no idea what the fuck to say. I don't think you need to respond, but there's also, you know, there's people, lonely, weird people out there that these customer service interactions are their social life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like people that call in compl- complain lines or Yelp, you know, write Yelp reviews. Or, or put, you know, the, the commenters, you know, as they say, never read the comments. There are people that read, that write the comments, and those people are, are like people that, you know, write to publishers at 2 in the morning with, with bogus complaints. Yeah. Just like I barely touched it. Like, how, why would you have, like, what were you that I think excited? you should write back in with instructions about how to handle this I know, book. it's like, here's how you touch the book. Gen- gently it. caress it, pet it, uh, sit, sing it a song, light some candles. I mean, <laughs> have your favorite beverage ready, have coffee or, or preferably time. something alcoholic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you'll, get, you'll get a thousand percent of return on investment, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I felt like one either scam or two they made impulse buy or three they literally looked at the first like couple pages and were like this book sucks yeah oh listen I have tons of books like that I will read a paragraph and put a book down but it's like but I'm not going to call the fucking publisher or the bookstore and complain. That's my, that's on me. You know, I made a bad choice or I miscalculated or I was in the wrong mood. That's not on the person that sold it. Yeah. (laughs) I can tell you. Yeah. That's horseshit. On my bookshelf that I like I bought in the last couple of months and I'm just like, I haven't touched those yet either. (laughs) I'm not messaging their publisher. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, yeah. Maybe one another reference to the movie. There's a great customer service scene in this movie where they go to buy a TV. Oh yeah, and th- things go a little haywire, <laughs> literally. <laughs> there's there's a there's I really a bad. More people watch this movie. There's a bad bad service uh, uh, customer service experience, and I guess yeah, the backstory on that guy, the guy that was selling him the TV, is he was like really big into. Uh, VHS copying, you know, like he was one of the people that distributed, uh, like got the movies, out, the copies of the videos out there. Mm-hmm. So that cameo, I think he actually did John a, a solid by getting, I think he was involved in distributing the movie somehow. And as one of the you know perks, he got to be in the movie. I don't know if I'm getting that 100% right, but I know that guy uh, was involved in the business, you know. The video business, yeah. I feel like you could just do like straight up commentary for this film. <laughs> well, I've seen it many times, and you know, I've I've got a little bit of some stories. Oh, here's another one. Uh, so the guy they kill in Lower Wacker is a guy named Rick Paul, who did the art direction on this movie. Mm-hmm. And I know Rick because he's been involved uh, in uh, 
Chicago theater forever. He still is. Uh, and he teaches uh, set design and stuff. Really, really sweet guy. Not on the internet in any way. Like, if you want to interact with him, you have to write him a letter. And he's got a landline. He doesn't have a cell phone. Uh, really, really old school, but a very, very sweet man. And he did the uh, set decoration for that. Uh, I, th I think I, I sent you that link of, uh, that, of the teaser that John shot with me drawing uh, characters from... You did. Yeah, so he, did, he, he went to... The, it was really cool. It was like a whole whole day shoot and he moved everything around like watching the guy work how how like movies are made just rearranging things in the background like every every little thing was like something that's considered but yeah he's one of the one of the henry and uh, otis's victims in the movie it's definitely like you know like when when you're low budget you use your family and friends you know and everybody has to play a bunch of different roles you know you Going back to say Halloween, that is actually what I liked about the original Halloween. They're all like every single person was like either married to them, like married to each other, or like their best friends, or they lived across the street. And yeah, everything. you got to call in all your favors, you know, like yeah. because you don't have a million dollars for this or that, you know. Like they blew all their money on a camera, and like they're like, sure. "Hey, best friend, will you try this mask on?" Now stand I'll tell there. you, you know, like my favorite, most of my favorite movies are like that. Where like it's this ingenuity of of uh, necessity, you know, you know what I mean? What and you know, which contrasted to like you know, once again, the Marvel universe or whatever. Where is this spot? Like, I just can't get into it. It's just this mountain of money, and it's too much money, and you don't need it uh, because what it does is ma makes people lazy and complacent and. Uh, they're they're really dull. Like the little I've seen of it, really most mainstream blockbusters, they're just so much bloat, bloat and fat. And there's just there's none on the on Henry. You know, mm -hmm. there's not an extra. You know, like ounce. <laughs> like everything was used. You know what I mean? I was gonna say, I like it when every minute of a film like is like justified. Yeah. And I feel like with this one, it was. Whereas, like, you watch, like, you know, when you sent me the Halloween thing about sequels and prequels, yeah. and we discuss, even, like, with Scream, I'll admit, not every minute is justified. There's a lot of bloatedness, and, like, sometimes you're like, we didn't really need that. Yeah. But I feel like in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, they just made it all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah. Do it's, you think... Uh, because that time period, 90 minutes, was more the standard, that that's why it was, like, um, shorter, or...? I, I, I'm sure there was constraints, and I'm sure that was part of the deal that he made with the, with the uh, funder, with the producers. Mm -hmm. Like, they wanted a certain length or whatever, you know? <laughs> that's what they gave him. But it didn't, you know, if you think... It's sort of a throwback to movies... Like like film noir movies or old detective movies. Like if you watch those movies, like you know, like from the forties or fifties, they're never more than like ninety minutes. You know, hardly ever. It's very rare, unless it's some like war epic. You know, they're like seventy, saying, eighty minutes. You know, like we didn't really jump into like two hour movies until like late nineties, maybe. 
I mean, there were there were there were longer movies earlier. Like there were some exceptions, but yeah. But that's you know, it firmly uh, fits into a genre. You know, like a, like there's no reason for like a, an action movie or a horror movie, like a genre movie, which has certain you know, sort of genre. You know, uh, they have conventions. There's no reason for this movie to be two hours long. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, what would you put? Very... You you'd put a couple more victims in there. Like, why? Like, why? Do you, I think I think we the audience gets a fairly good idea of what this guy's life is and what he's about, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no like <laughs> hidden directors cut out there. Uh, I I know there's some. Uh, I haven't seen. So this movie has been re repackaged and repackaged and repackaged a million times. Uh, uh, put out on Blu-ray with this or that commentary. I think there's some of these. They also blu- change the posters a lot. Yeah. Uh, John's got that the original painting from a, it's a Joe Coleman painting of it's based on the the one shot towards the end where he's just looking at himself in the uh, motel mirror, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but it's like kind of like a folk art painting. Have you seen the one with the painting, the cover with the painting? Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, uh, he's got the original in his house. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so there's ones with, like, you know, making of, docu- you know, whatever. I, I don't know if there's deleted. I'm sure there's some deleted scenes, but not too many. Uh, That's, like, something you have to get back to us on. Like, <laughs> next but, episode be like, there indeed were, or no, they shot it all. No, but, you know, so, you know, one of these things, you know, the details of these repacked kitchen or the new whatever, like, he he sent me this email because... Uh, he had to shoot a commentary track, uh, and it was shot in his house. And it, behind him was like a some drawing that I did that he bought or I gave him. Mm-hmm. So I had to sign a release so that they could use it, mm-hmm. in, like in the in the video or whatever. It's, <laughs> See, that's awesome. It's cool, except that yeah, like you I'd know, like to be part of something. You know? Yeah, a, a small part, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was I was super I was super flattered that you know he 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 was interested you know enough in 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 my books in my stories to want to do something even if it never happens. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's kind of enough for me. That's fine. Um, I feel like a small artist. I'm sorry for calling you a smart small artist, but I think we just appreciate any kind of like. Hey man, attaboy. I'm 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 six one. I'm not small. <laughs> The five foot artist right here. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate any acknowledgement of, hey, you're doing a good job. I like yeah. your work. Uh yeah, it's all right. It 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 makes, you know, like meeting people like John and you really, like when you meet other people that are doing their thing and it it makes you what in some small way feel like part of like some kind of community or tradition of, you know, making things for the culture, you know, they're telling stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, uh, meeting that guy, meeting other people. Yeah. It made me feel a little bit less alone in a way, you know, this introvert needs to get out and meet more people. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do it eventually. Yeah. But you know, like, yeah, but, you know, it's a cautionary, like if, if you take the lessons of this movie, you know, so, you know, like Henry sort of tries to make friends, but nothing ends up so well for either them or him, really. Mm. You know, in the end, he's just got to be 
get back in his shitbox 70s boat of a car and drive to the next town. <laughs> it's like he tries with Becky. That, that's that's kind of it, I'd say. that I think that was his best attempt. Yeah. Yeah, she just, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's sort of like, she's a little too chatty. If I, th- I, I, I think if she played her cards a little different, maybe she would survive to at least one more town. You know what it is? <laughs> is that, like, it, I think it's just that she was too grateful. Yes. Yeah. Like, he did her a big solid, and she was like, okay, anyone who would have done this for me, I think you're amazing. Yeah. So, like, it's totally understandable. But, yeah, I, I really did appreciate. He did great with, like, these kind of, like, dead eyes throughout the entire film. Yeah. Which I think is pretty hard for, like, a lot of actors to do. Oh, uh, Michael Rooker with the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's... Like, he never kind of broke that character. Yeah, yeah, one of the scariest things about this movie is this look that, you know, like the dead eye, yeah, of Michael Rooker, like, you you have to wonder, is there anything in there? You know, like, yeah. behind the eyes, who knows what's in there? I mean, there's obviously a thing, like, a kind of like a, this animal intelligence of about survival, you know? But it's, other than that, uh, there's not, not too much humanity in there. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I've seen a lot of movies, no shit. Of, <laughs> oh, yeah? You've seen some movies? <laughs> but of other actors trying to pull off that same kind of, like, dead-eye look, like there's nothing left in me. I watched that, like, Zac Efron, Ted Bundy movie, and he tried to do the same thing. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, no, your dead eyes aren't working. And I think Michael Rooker did an amazing job at that. Yeah. Are there yeah, any he, other, like, movies that you would recommend that, like, have good dead-eye actors? <laughs> <laughs> good dead-eye. It's a whole subgenre. Yeah, it we'll is. Make, we'll make a list. Uh, oh, God, I, no I, more lists. Oh, yeah. yeah we have the list situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I have it somewhere. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll post the legendary list somewhere at some point. Legendary at, list. What about oh. the mindfuck? Maybe there is no list. Yeah. You made yeah. it up because you just didn't want to watch Run and you wanted to let me know the, how shitty Run was. That's right, yeah. <laughs> this imaginary movies that we're, we're never going to watch because they don't exist. <laughs> like you're just telling me shit. It's like, I, I did this while watching it. I did that. I did not care. Yeah, I'll be just like Henry talking about the ways that he killed his mother. Exactly. <laughs> so many different ways. <laughs> Beat her with a bat, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I shot her. I stabbed her. Yeah. He does, you know, if there's anything I can give Henry, he certainly <laughs> comes up with unique ways to kill. Yes. Well, that's part of his, uh, u- univers- part of his universal like, philosophy of killing is you, ca- you, you can't have, have a pattern. Animal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he may be illiterate, but he, he does have some sort of intelligence, at least practical intelligence for the job. He's very suited to the job that he's chosen in life, which is I, I killing. I like that that is like a job in life. You know, they're, they're definitely, we don't have, do we have serial killers in today's society? Or, or are they just all gone to like being mass murderers? No, this is a conversation I have a lot with people. Like, what happened to the serial killer? So serial killing is like an 80s thing? Uh, I'm going to say, like, well, who's the last legendary serial killer? Well, they keep finding them, you know, or discovering or whatever. Like old ones. But yeah, like what's the, the Patton Oswalt 
Patton Oswalt's wife who just, who died, and yep. she wrote the book about what's in the Green River or like which one? I don't know. They're too many. Some big killer, yeah. But like those are like from like the seventies and eighties or sometimes sixties. But like, is it once we learned about DNA? Is that when the serial killers were like, ah, oh, fuck, and we just caught them like after the first kill or? I, I, I'm I'm not up I'm not up on that. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, on 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 the uh, evolution or progress of like how we're doing with or without serial killers. I th- I think we've got plenty of our own fucking problems in this age, <laughs> with or without serial killers. Uh, I do remember like you know so, I mean very soon after this movie came out and there was sort of a fad for uh, you know it was this is also the age like when John Gacy was caught you know it was a little bit earlier than that. Is this around that time? Wow. John Gacy was before, uh, uh, but you know he was the you know the the local last one. The local example. uh, No, no. Well, when I was in school uh, in the early nineties, we had Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, (laughs) it was also local. Caught then. Yes, Dahmer was caught like yeah eighties into nineties. Yeah. I like. Wow. Maybe, I yeah. No, I know I know he was caught around 90, 91 or so because I went to school, to art school, with this girl who worked at a coffee shop in Boys Town, mm-hmm. uh, a place called Cafe Pergolesi. I think it was on Halstead. And the people that ran it, uh, they had a son who was one of his last victims. Ooh. And it totally re- wrecked them. They closed the cafe, wrecked their lives. That's fucked know? up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, I, you know, I think, it, I think if we work at it and pray, we'll, we'll, we'll get some more serial killers. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, did, are we catching them too soon so they can't get enough kills? Yeah. Or... Before they refine their craft and, and get, become masters. Yeah. Yeah. We're really cutting them off, like not giving them a chance to succeed. Or like, damn, we <laughs> caught them one or two murders in shit. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe it could be like fishing, like catch and release, you know. Soon it's going to be like Minority Report and no one's going to get killed. Well, yeah, we're not doing, such, not doing such a good a job at that. <laughs> not having not, eh, nobody get killed. No, no, we're still doing that. Haven't like evolved out of killing. That like the police like to be like, hey, no, no, no. We prevented like this many school killings this year. Yeah. Don't pay attention to the ones we didn't prevent. Well, yeah. Uh, such is life. See, I took us onto a really fucked up turn, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I'm not, uh, I, I hate when they have a, a psychological or like this kind of ex- backstory explanation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I appreciate most about this movie, you know, actually a lot of John's movies, is there's not any like out, you know, <laughs> there's not an easy out. Trying to pre- present you with, you know, human behavior, like despite you know how fucked up he is, like the things that he does are totally like human behavior, like what it's just situational, you know. It's like we're not witnessing the birth of a serial killer or anything. Like we're we're no. catching him in like the midst of his game, you know. Like yeah, and all, e- even his own like sort of you know half-assed explanations about you know what he came from, you know. Like, you know, his dad being an asshole and his mom beating him and stuff. You kind of, you can tell that he's sort of making it up, you know, because mm-hmm. because he's got somebody that's listening, which is rare for him. You know, like nobody even asks him. 
but he does. He you get a sense he doesn't know. Like, yeah, his social situations when he tries to explain shit. Or when like that awkward one, they still have the video camera and they're yeah. dance, they're dancing, and he she's trying to get him to dance, and he's just not having it. You know. Damn! Now I'm worried that my boyfriend might be a serial killer. Because he won't dance. Yeah. Nah. Well, you know, then I I'd be a serial killer too. I don't dance either. So. You serious? You don't dance? No. Not even on your own. <laughs> Especially not on my own. <laughs> like you just like don't like put music on and be like I'm jamming to this right now. Well, I mean, I right now, right? You know, at when we when we record these podcasts, I'm actually twirling. You can't tell. That would be like such the perfect image. <laughs> let's let's t- talk about grubby ass uh, serial killer movie in Chicago in the eighties. I'm gonna twirl. I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a pirouette because that's that's How what makes I me know think that of. You were yeah. gonna do that word like it just jumped into my head oh. right when you said it. Okay. Well, you know that's that's that the word for it, isn't it? Yeah. That's the technical whatever ballet term, right? Pirouette. <laughs> took a dance class once realized I oh, was did? awkward and then I was like no never again do you like dancing I like dancing but no one can ever see me dance oh it's a uh, oh but, so you're uh, you're you're I'm a private you're by myself like Billy Idol yeah <laughs> or a private dancer like Tina Turner exactly no but you're not a dancer for money <laughs> she's hey. a dancer for money in that song <laughs> If the bills get like too much, oh yeah, yeah, I'll go there. It, that that's a that's a career possibility. Maybe in in Istanbul, you can be you can make some money. You know, you're at a good point in a relationship when like you both <laughs> discuss the possibilities. Where it's like I've even told my boyfriend because a lot of people have been like, you, "Ooh, you're you mean, hot." You mean wait? I was don't like, you? I'll pimp you out. Like, don't you mean your fiance? Your yeah, fiance? That, that one's so hard. Like it's only yeah. been a couple weeks, Dimitri. Yeah. Like Oh, so oh you're gonna put him out on the street, make make him shake his ass for Oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> he could yeah. bring some good money, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It, you know, there's a rich history of madams out there, you know. <laughs> I, I think that's the least he could he can do. run a, a, a very small bordello with just Bolent as at, <laughs> As the talent. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what those gifts are worth these days, but... I, I, think, I think, though, before, before he, he went and took that step, he'd have to break down and get into dancing because I, I bet some of the clients would want him to shake his ass a little bit. <laughs> See, I, I do have some, some stories, but they're not allowed to be shared on podcasts. <laughs> But I will say one time he did try and dance in front of me and it scared the shit out of our cat, so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, she ran the fuck away. <laughs> so maybe that's why. Maybe he just hasn't had good enough reactions. What he, need, what, what he needs is a shiny rayon shirt like Otis had for that one night that they go out. Yeah. That, that crazy blue uh, dance fever shirt. Hell Yeah. <laughs> And that, then he would boogie down. He he would cut a rug, as but they no. say. <laughs> He's the I'm standing in the corner at a concert guy. Wallflower. Yeah. Yeah. We're wallflowers. That's why I like the idea of a wedding freaks us out because we're like, oh my god, people have to watch us yeah. dance, and we're not sure we want that. Yeah, my uh, my brother Boris and his his wife uh, they they actually took lessons. 
because of the first dance thing. I kind of love that your brother's name is Boris because that's actually Belen's birth name. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a pretty common one in that part of the world. Yeah, it is. I call him Boris just to annoy him, but uh, <laughs> just because I'm one of the few people who know. Oh, just you know, just tell him you'll be his Natasha. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can get together and kill moose and squirrel together. <laughs> I'm not doing it now, but I could do a pretty good. You guys could do that. You could totally do Boris and Natasha for, <laughs> for Halloween. This Halloween, we're going as uh, two people from the Losers Club and it. Uh, it was the easiest fucking thing to do. He's wearing glasses. I'm dyeing my hair red. Uh, in the Losers are you going Club. to a party or something? Or No. We wanted no. to see if we'd ever be good parents. So we're taking my ch- nieces out, like my two nieces and two nephews. You can, yeah, yeah. If you get real bored, you can come visit me. It's it's my very last shift at the bar. I told them the story <laughs> of Candyman, so I was like, you know, we're gonna have to go through your candy oh. and make sure that you know there's nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there could be razors in that shit. So that's a a a, a total urban myth. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? That gives scared the shit candy. out of people. Scared people in the in the eighties. Not true. <laughs> I like the urban myth that there's drugs in candy, and I'm just like, who is wasting their expensive drugs by putting it in candy and giving it to kids? Yeah. Like, I'd like to meet that person. Tell me what their address is. I'll trick or treat. It's a very generous drug dealer. You know, putting the pro- samples out there to. Like here, for... I got some quaaludes from the '70s. Would you like some? Yeah. Yeah. Like, sure, I'll try. Yeah. Loyal customers for the future. It's in a Reese's peanut butter cup? Hell yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I've never, I've always heard the myths. I don't know if it ever actually happened. Yeah. Uh, Razors it, or it's, shit. Like it's that. definitely way blown out of proportion, but it, it made people panic, you know? Well, uh, I'm getting free candy now out of this panic so because you have to sample it because you got to yeah. be the imperial taster for for your yeah. making sure there are no peanuts because they're allergic nephews. yeah no peanuts no how, how old are no these drugs. these children um the oldest is 21 so she's doing oh. the taste testing with us oh okay i was gonna say <laughs> so there are three of us there to be like we're gonna protect the other three of you and this is this is in the burbs or yeah yeah which is fun because like i'm trying to show them the good houses to go to Oh, yeah. Because we didn't, they live in like the same kind of area that I grew up in. Oh, yeah. Which, like, it's the normal suburbs, not the rich suburbs, but I'd be like, here's the neighborhood you go in. They give the full size candy bars. Yeah. You want to go to those places? Well, the last place I really like uh, regularly participated in handing out candy was when I lived in Beverly on the far south side. And it was, you know, there's a lot of really nice houses there, but. There's tons and tons of kids from poorer neighborhoods would come there, you know, to get the good candy. I have a question. Yeah. I mean, I, when we lived in the city, now this is going to be another situation. This is like a prior first Halloween here because I have no idea. I think last year was just like the height of like COVID or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, there was not much Halloween last year. But there are a lot of kids in our apartment now like yeah. uh, 
are they going to knock on our door? I bet they will. Because when we lived in Roscoe Village, like yeah. little fuckers knocked on our door. Yeah. So like, I bet you. Who yeah. Are you? Yeah. You should get ready, or or just you know put like a basket out or something. You know. I actually told my mom and dad. I was just like, here's what you do: put out the sign that says "Please take one." Put three in the bowl, and everyone will assume that someone took it all. No. Oh. Like turn the lights off, and there you the, go. The cheapskate, the the miser's guide to Halloween from Mallory Smart. <laughs> My parents are fucking evil when it comes to Halloween. There, there is the yeah. definition of evil. Yeah. My mom would buy all this awesome Halloween shit, uh-huh. like all the chocolates and everything, yeah. and then she'd put the crappy candy in the bowl, and we had <laughs> to keep the good stuff. She's like, oh. I fucking hate Jolly Ranchers. Put those there. Yeah. Starburst, fuck it. Those go in there. Yeah, I had a, I shared a, I haven't, yeah, I haven't done many, I haven't dressed up for Halloween in a while, but the last one I remember was when I got, and I shared this, I shared this in my newsletter this week, but uh, I I got uh, um, one of the clown masks from, from the Batman movie, the one that was, the one with the Joker, uh, where there's a bank robbery at the very beginning. Oh, okay. You know that, yeah, there's a really cool uh, bank robbery scene. Uh, and so they were selling those masks at, at some, and I drove in the cab with it on and it, it scared the fuck out of people. Cause I, I would just not like not take it off. I mean that, that would be terrifying also because those masks are used in the purge as well. Oh, is it the same masks? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, you're extra freaking people out, man. I, I had to review one of the fucking purge movies for the reader. Like, really? Boy, boy, was that painful to sit I've through. I've seen... <laughs> I, I don't remember which one. one. I have to look it up. I have to look it up in the Reader Archive, but... I'm trying to watch, like, nothing but horror movies mm. for October, so, yeah. you know, we're running out of time for that. But I looked up The Purge, and they even have a TV series of it now. Oh, I'm sure they do. Uh, I, I Actually, when I was uh, looking up, uh, before we taped the, the screen... Scream episode, which will be in the future for people listening to this, but uh, there's some Scream show too, isn't there? Yes, like there an, is. an MTV Scream show. What is that about? I don't know. Oh, you have? Oh, you haven't seen it? There. Oh, crazy! I, I thought I you were like the world's standards. biggest Scream fan. Oh, okay. <laughs> some of us have to have like some standards, Dimitri. We, uh, I can only go so far. Like, as I said with Scream 3, I'm just like, I'm pretending as, that yeah. one didn't exist. As a super fan of, uh, you know, Henry Porter of Serial Killer, you know, you can tune into the Scream episode where we, dis, uh, where we discuss the very collectible and very highly sought after Henry t-shirt that you can buy on eBay now for $300 and, and that I once owned. <laughs> we will find out if Dimitri ever Facebook stalked his ex-girlfriend and got it back. God, yeah, there's so many cliffhangers in this one. Unlike Henry, which is not concerned with any of that, any of that kind of um, gimmicky shit. There are no gimmicks in Henry. <laughs> I would say, like the movie and the serial killer, not really for. No, it, he, you know. he, you know, he goes about his business. Uh, it's all like a day in the life almost. but yeah. it's not just one day. What's well, a portrait of a serial killer? It's, it's just yeah, like it's exactly the, what it is. You know, the fu- the most fucked up thing is and. John has insisted always, I think he's told this to many people, he thinks Henry's a comedy. He, he thinks it's funny. 
So that's, right. how, that's how dark John is with his humor. You know, like... <laughs> now I'm going to try and watch it again. Watch like it as a comedy. I mean, way. there are... Yeah, there are some... Well, like these scenes, like these like quasi-domestic scenes, like I mentioned before about like where Becky tells him, I love you, Henry, you know, like, yeah. and, and he sort of stammers his response and you know what, what, how fucked up and damaged these two individuals are and they're really trying to play act at, at being normal and they can't even fucking, they're not even the same galaxy, you know, as... I would say like the social <laughs> interactions or yeah, lack they're thereof, all fun. Yeah, yeah, sure. that could be seen as funny. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, that, or like yeah, you know when know. she brings in the I, I heart Chicago shirt and he asks her what that says, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> See, that is funny. There are funny, but it's I mean it's it's beyond black humor, you know. Like, yeah, I I'm seen as a dark and twisty humorous person, but no, no, this would take it a lot further than I ever could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's but that's that's where you know. See, good. if this is in a video store, I would almost now want to go and find it and put it in the comedy section. Yeah. See yeah. how people react. You could be that asshole at like, you know, Netflix or Amazon that, that slots movie genres in, in incorrectly on purpose, you know? I got to tell you, Netflix is coming up with genres I've never even heard of. And I'm just like, okay. Suspenseful yet funny classic comedy horror. Yeah. Like, seriously, <laughs> they're just throwing shit together. Yeah. And I'm just like... Okay. Well, you know, with with all these new fancy legal weed options, you know, they, <laughs> they have a lot of time to brainstorm. You know? <laughs> and they know that we just don't give a fuck either. We we're not looking at genres. We're like looking at the preview and be like, eh, it looks interesting. Why not? I'll binge until I fall asleep. Yeah, I'll t- yeah. They yeah. We were talking before about having no patience for uh, commercials or whatever. I have no patience for fucking Netflix or Hulu really anymore. Really? Like, you know, they're back in my life because of the show. Because hmm. uh, I needed them for the, la- for the last couple of movies, I think. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's nothing on there. I hate the way they mark, you know, the, the, all the preview shit. And I just scroll and scroll. And st- speaking of do- doom scrolling, you know? <laughs> my doom scroll is through these fucking options on these shitty streaming sites. You want, so, like, so little. annoying. Do the staff picks on ho- uh, Hulu. Oh yeah. yeah oh, I, I haven't. S- what, what do they choose? Oh my God! Some really random <coughs> ones. Yeah. Right now. That, you know that's Friday that shit's all lies. That shit's all lies. Yeah. Right. That shit's all lies. Yeah. You know, <laughs> staff picks. Right. They're trying to like bring us back into the. Oh, remember when there were video stores and right. there were staff picks? Right. Maybe. Now Maybe. I'm actually missing Blockbuster. The Ugh. '90s. Blockbuster sucked. You know what it is? It was the nearest <laughs> video store to us. And and if you yeah remember, Blockbuster swallowed a bunch of indie indie stores just the way that you know Amazon or whatever now kills bookstores. You know. And that's where our age difference really does like swing because I really haven't I never got a chance to experience those like indie um, or family owned. Video oh, stores. Your, your town never had it like a little some like weird mom and pop video store. No, there oh, is wow. something over here in Mount Prospect called Family Video, but it's a chain, I believe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know the the advantage of something like that is you really get it's it's a person's taste. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're just the way you know if you go to a good bookstore, 
it's whoever owns it made those choices rather than some fucking algorithm or, you know, or Ingram telling you what you need to fucking put stock in your store, you know, <laughs> uh, or whatever, what other other, whatever other death star that controls culture here, you know. <laughs> we are no longer in control. Is it sad that I've accepted that fate? Mm, why? You, you got to fight against it. I guess I, I, I should. I'll, I'll find the courage eventually. These days I'm just too, like, I'm too depressed, I think, with life. Yeah? Where I'm just like, eh, let How come? Google How come? hear you, me. You, you, oh, you got a new book out, you're going to get hitched. There's some good shit happening for you. What, what's the problem there? <laughs> Buck up, little soldier. I would say I also had the tape made and everything. Yeah, you, there's some good, yeah, yeah, some good stuff. Hey, I just had therapy yesterday, and it was kind of perfect because she yeah. even asked, she was like, how are you doing today? And I was like, oh, I'm great. And as I'm walking in, I actually was like, no, actually, that's a lie. I'm sorry. I, I, I am not great. My bad. I just always say that. That's default. It, my bad. But yeah, some of, the, some of the times you go see the, the, the therapist, I mean, like, you know, they're expecting you to have problems, so you got to live up to that, right? Like, but if you're having a good day, what are you going to talk about with them? Oh, that's when, like... Um, <laughs> It's kind of cool because, like, you have previous stuff you were working on before, so then they oh, yeah. go back to that and then be like, all right, well, then let's go back to this issue. Let's That's... go back to the fact that you think nobody really likes you. Right. Uh, I'm yeah, sure that... I have Yeah, you can always issues. dig up new shit because, you know, if, if you solved it, they'd be out of business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they're sort of invested in you continuing to have these problems. Believe me, I, I'll always have some fucked up problem to go to a therapist for. You know what it is? It's just because I never want to put my friends or, like, fiancé or family through having to hear about me bitch and moan about yeah. all these random, like, neurotic, overthinking, worrying things. And, yeah, since they're paid to sit there and listen, you think that's better? Hey, they make <laughs> a lot of money. I I know. That see that's it's funny because that's probably maybe a cultural difference or whatever. So you know, I come from a country where uh, going to a shrink equals brainwashing. Like, really? Like, oh yeah. Well, in the Soviet Union, if if you were sent to a, a shrink, they they were going to drill fucking holes in your head. You know, like that's fucking wild. So very Jeffrey you know, Dahmer of them. Yeah, they did all kinds of fucked up experiments, but. <clears throat> it wasn't just the Nazis, but um, oh yeah, definitely. So yeah, hey, growing up, too. yeah, you'd have to basically have be you know catatonic to be sent by a Soviet immigrant to a shrink. That's why I never got sent to one. You know, I'm sure if I had grown up, you know, I was grown up American, they would have fucking sent me to a shrink post haste. But I would say unlikely because <laughs> I feel like. Only recently, like in the last decade, it became a lot more socially acceptable for people to see therapists. Really? I, I could vibe that because I remember in high school when I first started seeing a therapist, my mom was treating it like it was still very like hush-hush. Huh. Yeah. I, yeah, it must vary community to community. Where I grew up, it was completely rampant. I found out that almost all of my friends were in therapy too. Yeah. So I was going to be like, I don't know what I'm hush hushing about. Maybe this is your generation, but I think mine's kind of all right. I used to tag along. I had this one, the one American friend I made like in second grade. And a couple of years later, he got sent to like some kind of like group, you know, like therapy kind of thing mm -hmm. for kids. 
he had a single mom that was, you know, and he had some behavioral shit, but <clears throat> I would tag along because they had video games and you could eat uh, uh, cookie dough, the, that raw cookie dough, you know. The, Ooh, yeah, I love that shit. It was so much fun, and but I would uh, perpetually have to, like, uh, he would, this guy that ran the group, like, he would make me, like, try to get my parents to let me join because I was just a freeloader. I was just there for the video games and the cookies. Uh, but they would never, my parents, I, I knew better. I would never even fucking ask them because they would, they would be horrified. I had to yeah. act out very heavily. <laughs> really? To get my parents to be like, all right, this one needs therapy. So. Are, are you the only one in your family that, that goes? That was sent the, by yeah. my parents yeah. in high school. Yeah. But all of us see a therapist now. Cause oh, really? Yeah. Well, except my one brother, but he goes for his wife. Like, they're in couples. Oh, counseling. I see. But everyone else does it of their own accord because we know that we are raised in a fucked up way. But, well, like, you know, everybody's fucked up in some way, but in the consequence for me personally of the way I was brought up is I would never, ever trust somebody that was sitting there uh, being paid to listen. Yeah, I mean, you know? I can totally imagine it. So that's the, it's like the flip side of your reasoning on it you know what i mean we're used to parents that don't want to hear our problems you know uh -huh. and i mean i like that now like all of us can totally agree except for my brother who doesn't believe in therapy that like my father is a total narcissist and like to live vicariously through us and mm -hmm. really pushed us to like overcompete with each other and everything so as to, to a certain measure that's true of all parents i think yeah, but he did I mean, it to a very extreme way. I mean, like, think about it. You're putting out a, a carbon copy of yourself into the world. Like, what, what a fucking ego boost that must be, you know? And I imagine. You're, like, you're literally replicating. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to be like if I ever do have kids. I hope I'm not an asshole, but. Is that in the, is that in the negotiations or in the talk, in talks? Um, Are you in talks? It, Balance people and your people are getting to get huddling. We like the idea of it, but we don't want them now. And oh. because I'm 31, it's one of those like, if you still, we eventually you still got, get there, you got a window. You, you still got a window. That's what we're basically like. If we hit that window, then we do. But like, I don't want to stop traveling now. And I know you could travel with kids and shit. <sighs> and I don't want to stop doing like a lot of fun shit. And I know that once you have kids, you have to slow down a bit more. Well, sure. Like if I was doing this, unless you're unless right you're a now. selfish asshole, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, yeah, you, yeah, you could, you know, you could, you get good at uh, what what's it called, multitasking. <laughs> I'd just be like, go in the other room right now. Fuck yeah, he had a baby. We'd have to like switch to family movies or something. <laughs> <laughs> but well, but you know, by the time you have a baby, we're gonna we'll have we will have discussed every horror movie we wanted to watch, and you will have. Stop liking horror movies, and we'll switch to another genre. Oh, I don't think that's likely. <laughs> well, the, the horror never ends. It, you don't have to. You don't need a horror movie for the horror to be present. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, let's face it. I'm pretty sure I'm going to actually have Rosemary's Baby. I told. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were watching the new version of The Omen, and my boyfriend and I just sat and agreed. We we're like, "Hey, remember that guy when we were coming down from the." Parthenon, who like tied us like with the cool bracelets and said, "You're going to have a son and you're going to be blessed." We're going to name him Damien. Nice. And like my boyfriend agreed, and I was like, 
Holy shit, didn't see that one coming. Okay. So so y- your boyfriend's okay with, like, expressing his love by stepping aside and letting Lucifer impregnate you? Actually, you know what? I'd like to point <laughs> out that, like, the husband... I love how the husband in Rosemary's Baby... Actually, the husband play, played by John Cassavetes, one of the best filmmakers ever. Like, he... <laughs> His explanation as to what happened the night prior was, oh, you wanted a baby, so I kept going. So basically, he didn't just step aside and let Satan rape her. He just basically said he raped her instead. Well, you know, he wanted he wanted to add to the confusion. You know, you need to blur the lines and like, yeah, oh yeah, baby, you wanted it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like whatever. Basically, yeah. Yeah, there were no red flags that Roman Polanski had problems. Mm. Nope. Uh, you know. Gotta love that. Like, Tor- yeah, he talk about totally your fine. your out of central casting tormented genius, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we've said just about all the crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's probably a lot more. <laughs>